Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering from the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. Bryn, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. And what's kind of cool is our only our second time ever, we actually have a special guest. Please introduce yourself to the people. Well, hello. My name is Tracy Carley. And Tracy, you come to us uh, because you are an angel mom yourself. I am an angel mama. Actually, if I can just correct myself, I like to call myself a warrior. And I think you're a warrior mama as well. Oh, thank you. That is so beautiful. I love that. I like that. Angel warrior. I feel like we're warriors. That's solid. That's good already. Right off the bat, she's Mm -hmm. coining new phrases for us and everything. It's awesome. We do make new words here. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) We do. We do. I can speak to that. We've Mm -hmm. both created new words. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So uh, what we're going to talk about today is the official name of the podcast is Things We Say to Each Other. What that actually means, we've hit on this a bit in some of the previous podcasts, are the things that folks who maybe have not gone through the loss of a child say to folks who have, and maybe some of the things that were inadvertently uh, hurtful, and maybe some of the things that they can say better, Uh, but then also some of the things that were uplifting, because we don't just want to make this, we don't want to make this a negative podcast where folks who want to offer comfort uh, don't have the ability to. We actually do want to talk about it both ways, positive and negative things that have been said to both Bryn and Tracy. That's what we always try and do here is we try and say it just through the lens of the folks that we have on. And then hopefully folks who are listening to this can take that and, and expand that into their own daily lives. So that's what we're going to talk about today are sort of the things that both Bryn and Tracy have uh, experienced when it comes to what people say to them and whether they were good or bad. <laughs> does that sound good? It does. All right. Sounds great. Uh, before we dive into any of that, though, Tracy, we'd love for you to share your own story because you are someone who has suffered from the loss of uh, suffered through the loss of a child. Can you share a little bit of your story about your angel and, and, and what you went through? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, Heather and I and actually my husband and Joe – Carly, we've lived in Rainier since um, 1990, became really involved in the community, love Rainier, was accepted by Rainier. My husband graduated there in 1984, Mm -hmm. and he unfortunately passed away in 2002. Oh, wow. So he passed away five years prior to Heather's um, accident. And so when we're talking about grief, that was actually one of the, you know, really big episode of grief in my life. The f- I don't know if it was the first. We've all lost mm-hmm. kitties and puppies and yeah. grandparents yeah. And, and hopes and dreams. But that was truly a grief I wasn't really anticipating. And I think the kids and I were doing the best we can with managing life without um, their dad. And Heather was a senior in high school at Rainier High School. Mm-hmm. She was getting ready to graduate. And she wanted to go to nursing school. Um, and, uh, it was just one of those calls you never want to get as a parent. Yeah. Right. It was that call from, uh, the principal at Rainier saying that, uh, Heather had been involved in a car accident mm. and I had owned an auto body shop at that time. Oh, My wow. husband and I owned an auto wow. body shop in Yelm. And when he passed away, I continued it um, till 2012. And so, of course, my head was going, oh, great. I'm going to have to fix her car. I'm going to have to fix somebody else's car. Yeah, yeah. And then the 
fire chief called, uh, Rita Hutchinson, because uh-huh. Heather and I were both volunteers on the fire department. Wow. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Re- and I was on my way to the accident scene, and which was not very far away from our house. And um, Rita called, and uh, Rita said, okay, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to the accident. She goes, nope, I need you to turn around. And I, oh, wow. for the first time in my life, said no to the chief, which oh, wow. was like, ooh, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm going to the accident scene. And she says, no, I need you to turn around. And I said, what's going on? Yeah. And she said, um, air, airlift is coming in. And she says, I need you to meet me at the landing zone. And I think that was the moment right there when I kind of realized that this just wasn't a little fender bender mm-hmm. where you and I could get out of it. Yeah. And that there was obviously a little bit more um, involved here. So mm-hmm. I flipped a UE in the middle of 507, went to the landing zone, which is where the water tower is in Yelm, where the new police station is. And the fire crew was setting up the landing zone. And... Um, that's where I met Rita. We got there before the ambulance got there. And sure enough, um, my little Missy needed to go to Harborview. Wow. And I was able to uh, look at her and talk to her and let her know that she was safe because through this whole journey, it was important for me to make sure she knew she was safe. Mm. And um, off she went. Up we went to Harborview. And uh, I'm very blessed to say that like a lot of other angel moms and dads, it wasn't her time to leave the planet yet. And she died a couple of times, but it wasn't her time to leave wow. the planet yet. Yeah. Mm. So um, we spent 30 days up in Harborview. She was a trauma patient. They did a beautiful job of taking care of her. And um, when she started to wake up out of her coma, we got transitioned to another facility. When she got her trach out, all these little milestones, Mm. when she got her trach out, we were able to come to a nursing facility closer to home. It's hard to believe that I had a daughter in the McKenna Old Folks Home. Wow. I kind of joke about that, but you don't expect to have a beautiful 17-year-old miss there. But through the grace of what I consider to be the good Lord— um, and Heather's strong will, mm-hmm. I was able to bring her home. Mm. And it took eight months wow. to bring her home. She had a severe brain injury. She was healed um, physically, but sure. mentally the brain never quite was able to overcome such a huge injury. Excellent. And um, because we live in such a beautiful state that uh, honors the rights of people to live at home, I was able to bring home care aides into mm-hmm. my home. Yeah. To help me support my daughter, she needed 24-hour care seven days a week, um, and I wouldn't have been able to support her if it wasn't for the opportunity of this level of help at home. Yeah. And no nobody kidding. wants wow. a child in a nursing home. Right. Nobody. Right. There's just no way. Nobody wakes up and says, ooh, I'm going to the nursing home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So needless to say, my little miss uh, was on the planet for almost um, nine years since her accident date. Get out of here. Her accident was March 23rd of Uh 2007, and she passed away March 4th, which is a week from today is our our anniversary of the day that she um, left the planet. And I am just, number one, so incredibly proud of her because um, even though, like your beautiful angel, even though we've lost some really people we created, Mm -hmm. there's just such a great thing. 
coming out of their losses. And Heather has a gift now where I teach about her. Mm. Yeah. I teach home care aides for the state of Washington. Yeah. That is amazing. Wow. And I, I always say that she got me the job because <laughs> I would I was never, ever planning on this being involved being, in that kind of work. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Um, but she has taught me what I know, and now I get to share it with other people who allow people to live at home with independence, dignity, and respect. Very cool. Very That's cool. Incredible. It's so interesting to me because I think that you find that a lot with Bryn starting Raise for Rowan and mm. with uh, Pastor Jim. Shout out to Pastor Jim. Um, really get diving into his faith and New Day Christian. And then you, uh, in your current line of work, finding the meaning in the losses is, is really uh, a theme that I think a lot of our angel families, when they get to the right spot, you know, it's really inspirational to hear that folks find meaning in it all. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. How did you come to meet or come to know Bryn? Through my beautiful daughter-in-law, Katie Harrett. Uh -huh. um, that is our connection. That is our connection. And when Heather passed away, I had had all of her arrangements already completed. Mm -hmm. But um, Katie asked, well, I think I might have expressed the fact that I wanted a picture of my daughter on her marker. Mm -hmm. And um, Katie, being the um, beautiful soul that she is, uh, knew about Race for Rowan mm -hmm. and made the connection and reached out. And just like that, it was taken care of. Wow. I could not believe how flawless uh little effort it was on my part and how oh, it was just boom done because when you're in that space even though heather's death i'll be honest i prayed for mm -hmm. i prayed that she would leave the planet before me mm. wow because um i didn't want her oh sorry that's no. all right hey we're we cry here <laughs> it happens yeah, a I, lot i didn't want her to live on the planet without her mom yeah and so even though she honored me in that way i'm Yes, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this, but it was just important for me to be able to see her mm -hmm. when I go visit her. Yeah. And um, yeah. it was just really, it's really beautiful to just look at her lovely face every yeah. time um, we go and clean up the neighborhood. That's what I call yeah. it. My yeah. mom and I go and clean Aww. up the whole yeah. neighborhood over there. That's cool. She bought a weed whacker and a leaf blower battery yeah. operated so we can just go and, and support everyone in our little corner yeah. of the world. That is amazing. So how old was Heather when she passed? So her accident, she was 17, mm -hmm. senior in Rainier High School, and she was 26 when mm. she passed away. Going to yeah. be turning 27 in yeah. June. Okay. And that's relatively unique to the experience of Race for All. Most of the time it's kids... Well, that are, are younger than 18. So that's kind of unique story as well. Yeah, we really just like to take each case into consideration for situations like yours because, uh -huh. you know, it's still suffering the loss of your child. Mm. And she had the mental capacity of what? What would you say her mental capacity I, was? I actually am not really quite sure. She but, was very there, but she wasn't able to communicate. Wow. Right. She really? lost the ability to speak, eat, oh. drinks. Um, and so I don't really quite know exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, here's what I can say. I don't know, but Katie's husband, Michael, was her favorite man. <laughs> and anytime, and so that never went away. And yeah. anytime that man was in her presence, she was just huh. like a teenager. Wow. So oh. I'm not quite sure exactly what, where she was, but she was. Right. She That's was funny. there. Yeah. So she was yeah. definitely still your child. Mm. We don't ever put an age on who we support um, because we do like to take each case into consideration. Yeah. We typically 
you know, do support children, families that have passed away. But mm-hmm. what does that mean? It's a different story for each person. As, you right. know, it, yeah. it, I don't think the age restriction needs to be so strict because right. everybody has a different scenario. That's right. So I am just honored that we got to meet with you and connect. And um, I'm so happy Race for Own could assist you. Oh, man, it was beautiful. Yeah. Very cool. It was very beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yes. And I would love to come see her her stone sometime. I would love that. Yeah. Is it in Rainier? It's no, actually. She is where her dad's buried. Mm. And that is across from Clover Park in um, Lakewood. Lakewood. Yeah. So she's at um, Mountain View. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's where she is. And, you know, I was just... When you were talking about the loss of your husband at that time, too, I just, I had never thought of the layers of grief that you must have experienced throughout your story. You know, it's not like you've just lost one person. You've lost two very important souls in your life. And I just, it's a yes. whole different level of grief. Mm-hmm. It is. And I actually feel like I lost Heather twice. Yeah. And oh, because when Heather passed away, I was at peace with mm. her leaving the planet. She yeah. wasn't broken. She wasn't suffering, Mm -hmm. but then what really came forward was all of this grief of missing my 17-year-old daughter. Yeah. I didn't, you know, just even even today, and um, I have the most beautiful mom on the planet, but one of the things she said to me today is how thankful that she is to have her girls now that are her friends. Mm. Mm. And it, oh, sorry, Uh, (laughs) it just made me realize, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful thing. I'm honored, mom, but I miss my friend. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there is different layers. Yeah. yeah. There's so many it's different It's very layers. interesting. Yeah. So um, you have a different experience in that you were able to, to bring Heather home for a while and you were able to Eight take years. care of her and then even had a chance to say goodbye to a certain, to a certain point. So totally. you don't have that, you don't have that same visceral experience that say someone like Bryn went through mm. where it was sudden and it was one day it was this way and the next day it was something else and you had to prep yourself to go out in public, but you still suffer through the grief. Can you talk a little bit about the first time you remember having to go out in public again yes. after Heather passed and how you prepped yourself and maybe what you heard. Going out in public was actually very interesting because maybe you didn't experience this, but people avoided me. Mm. Because people, and I love people, and I'm not pointing anyone out, but mm-hmm. people who are not able to process their own grief mm-hmm. and the enormous pain that a loss can cause, even though Heather was still on the planet, people couldn't come to me. And I, I actually literally watched people avoid me in the grocery store. Right. I watched people walk around because they didn't want to um, come to me. And that actually was way more painful than I realized. It wow. Would be. wow. Yeah. yeah. Even though I was mad at first, mm-hmm. but I had to just realize that everybody's on their own journey. Not yeah. everybody processes um, loss in the same way, but I was frustrated because Heather wasn't gone. Mm-hmm. she's still here. Right. And yeah. to me, that was a gift. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for some people, they weren't able to cross over. Sure. Even till the day she died. So you would say you would have actually preferred people even clumsily come up and, yes. and try and bring, talk yes, to Yes, okay. actually. Just um, even, uh, I, I 
have been listening to your podcast and some of the things that people can say. And um, I know that their intentions come from a really great place. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a very awkward um, uh, space to kind of understand. And For I sure. think what the biggest thing I'd like to let people understand is you are with someone who has an incredibly broken heart. So everything you say is going to be leaking into that broken heart. And so you, we really have to almost slow our role as a human because we all have hurry sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah, all like are trying to go, go, go. But it's almost you have to be present for a moment and try to um, imagine or try to just feel, have that empathy, I guess, even just yeah. for a moment before you, and I don't want to sound rude, before you open your mouth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we are a culture that speaks before we think. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I teach is when you squeeze out the toothpaste, you can't put the toothpaste right. back in the, <laughs> the container. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's good. so yeah. you are speaking to someone who is the most, like you have mentioned a couple times, the most vulnerable place ever in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a canyon. Grief to me is this big canyon. And when it happens initially, you're in the bottom and there's no way out. Mm. We can't. We can't just put it aside. It is in your face, not going to go away. And there are things people can do to be supportive. And there are things people can say. And I know for me, the one word that I'm personally trying to get rid of my in my vocabulary is sorry. Mm. Oh. I have been too sorried. Yeah. Mm. And even though I know their intention is... Um, sadness and not sure what to say, but the word sorry to me. And, um, and if you've ever said sorry to me and you're listening to this podcast, do not, <laughs> you've got like six people out not there like, what? Feel <laughs> bad because we understand it's hard yeah. to find the right words right. to say. Um, I'm sorry for your loss is a complete sentence. And that to me is even more better than just, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. That's one word I know that I am really trying to verbally vomit out of my vocabulary. Sure, I will tell you that since we've started this podcast, I feel like um, I definitely pre this experience would definitely be the guy who'd be like, I'm not going to say anything because it will just be horrible. Uh, Now I definitely feel like having gotten to know folks and having an opportunity to, to, to chat with a lot of folks, I certainly would be braver than, I'm going to go ahead and avoid you. Because, like, it is something where you think to yourself, there's literally nothing I can say that is going to make any difference. And so she probably had a lot of people come up to her and say things, and none of it has made a difference. So I'm just not going to do that. Right. And it's really interesting to hear that that's actually not necessarily a route you want to go either because no. it maybe makes people feel more isolated than yeah. if you were to approach them. So. And now after thinking even just about your situation when Heather was still here um, after her accident, you know, and people avoiding you, I'm sure all you wanted to just hear was somebody ask, how is she doing? Or how are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Instead right. of avoiding you. Yes. Um, is how I would imagine you were, were feeling. Instead of avoiding me, why don't you ask how she's doing? Right. You know. Absolutely. Um, that would have been yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Because most of us love to talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. people that are important to us. Yeah. And so if that would be a very um, uh, easy, simple way to cross that mm-hmm. bridge if you're just not quite sure what to say. Yeah. Right. Super interesting. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a new segment. I, I called it Nerd Corner because I don't know why. 
because <laughs> I don't know why I equated reading books with being nerdy, but I read books, so I'm just going to, I'm nerd number one. Uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, it's called the Race for Rome Book Club. And we're going to introduce this segment awesome. every once in a while. And what we'd like to do is have guests who come on uh, the podcast talk about books that they read that helped them get mm-hmm. through some of the tougher times. And then, uh, Bryn, you're going to have to amass quite a catalog because then you're going to have to join them every single time. Right. Um, so what I want to do is, Tracy, let's let's hit you first. Let's talk about a book that you maybe it landed in your life somehow that you found interesting and helped you get it through. You got it here, which is really cool. I and it looks it. like cool. the original. I brought it with me. Very cool. Yes. And um, actually, this is a book that um, was given to me by a classmate who lost her daughter. And I believe she's an angel mama as well. Oh, wow. Yes. And oh um, her cool. story is yet another um, just very tragic story of the loss of her um, daughter. And we connected right away. Um, and she sent this to me in the mail. And this book is called You Are the Mother of All Mothers. And it is a message of hope for the grieving heart. Mm. And um, I have a copy coming for you. I was oh, hoping it would be here by today, Thank but it you. isn't here yet. I Very love cool. That. But this is a book that I've I've had to read multiple times okay. to be reminded that if I could have fixed it, I would have. Mm-hmm. If I could have made something else different happen, I would have. Um, but uh, it gives my heart relief knowing that I am the mother of all mothers like you, Miss mm-hmm. Bryn. And it's what's helped me become the warrior mom that I am, I believe. Wow. Very yeah. cool. I can't wait to read it. Yes. That's really neat. Have a tissue. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> okay. Like I said, we cry a lot. Right? Yeah, yes. we do. Yeah, we <laughs> leak. I leak. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That's why I don't wear makeup because I'm just, you know, I'm a leaker, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Bryn, what about you? What is a book that you found helpful? Well, I just remember in my very early stages after Rowan passed away, um, there was Teresa Capito, the Long Island Medium. She has a line of books. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I believe, gave me one. Mm. And what was so helpful for me in that is that it really shared about, like, connecting with your loved one that passed, Mm -hmm. um, signs, you know, from your your angel or the spirit side. And I think it just opened up my eyes to like, you can still have a relationship and still connect from the other side. And after reading a series of all of the Teresa Caputo books, I have really felt like it helped me strengthen that with Rowan where I kind of knew things to look for. And like now I really do still feel, and I share it a lot in the podcast. Yeah, the sissy signs. The sissy signs and like things that I really feel like I can still have a close relationship with her. And that's what, what brings me joy yeah. and happiness and comfort is knowing that I can still have a relationship with my daughter, even yeah. though she's in heaven mm. and I'm here on earth. Yeah. So um, I just, yeah, it helped me a lot. in just knowing that, okay, just because she's not here physically with me, I can still have a strong connection and mm. communicate with her in our yeah. own way. Yeah. So it brought me a lot of comfort at that time. And um, I still have them and I actually would probably read it again just to, have a refresh and yeah. it's like a whole different outlook on um, what we try to do here. The positivity of, you know, like they've accomplished their sole purpose and the beauty in, 
in passing and different mm. things you can look at in different ways. Cool. And it's a series of books? Yes. So the, my favorite was The Good Grief. I believe that's the first one I read, but she uh -huh. has three books. Um, okay. And I have read them all. So yeah. Teresa Caputo and cool. just some really great ways to connect with your angel and your yeah. loved one in heaven. And brought me a lot of comfort. Very cool. Beautiful. And, and what we'll do every time we do this is we will put a link to those books cool. uh, in the podcast description and we'll put it on the Facebook page as well to help folks who maybe can can uh, get something out of those books as well. So thank you guys so much for sharing your, your, uh, your reading materials. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. And that was the first ever Nerd Corner. Sweet. I like it. <laughs> Boom, baby. <laughs> So getting back into some of the questions, um, this is actually a question for both you guys. What are some of the things, and Bryn, we've actually gone through this a few times mm -hmm. inadvertently, but I don't think it can ever be talked about enough. What are some of the things that people have said to, or asked that may have hurt? Keeping in mind, of course, a lot of folks, they don't come up to you with the intention of like, I'm going to bruise this person. They really are coming up trying to figure out a way to speak to you, but what are some of the things that you have encountered that you were like, oh, wow, that stung? I think like you said in one of your podcasts, oh, do you have any children, any other children? Mm. I know that that to me takes away from where I am and what I'm feeling. Because, mm. yes, I do have other children. Does that matter? This one's gone now. Mm. Um, so, and and yeah. again, it's not a bad question, but you're talking to somebody who has uh, a big uh, wound. Yeah. A big wound. Yeah. Yeah. We're, vul we're vulnerable people. We've, you know, we want to always honor our angel that's lost. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like nobody wants to hear about them, it's hurtful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How but about you? Is, is there one, is there one that people have said that you haven't mentioned that you felt like, ooh, that one? I think I have mentioned most of them. Something for me is... If it's coming from somebody that has not ever lost a child yeah. and they are trying to compare it to the, the dog, dog. yeah, the yeah, grandpa, or it will get better. You know, if they're trying to offer, you know, advice and stuff and they've never actually lost a child, it's really hard for me to look them in the eye and take them seriously because they don't yeah. know. They've never walked a mile in our shoes. Yeah. So um, those are the people I just smile and nod. Um, and I know coming from my husband, he's shared that with me too. Has he really? He's like, you know, I have a really hard time talking to people that have not ever lost a child when they're trying to like offer condolences sure. and stuff to him. He's kind of like, you have no idea. What are you talking about? Yeah. You like you have no you. idea. It's not like Sparky, your mm -hmm. dog. We're not <laughs> right. talking about that. Right. So, right. I mean, just common sense stuff that's maybe common sense to us, but it right. clearly isn't to everybody else. Yeah. But it's like, don't compare. Pastor Jim, when he was on, mm -hmm. even talked about how there'd be times where he would hesitate to even bring up his own loss because he thought that, well, what does this person care about even my own loss? True. Um, mm -hmm. Have you guys found that? Did you ever have that sort of visceral reaction to someone who even tried to, who even had lost a child? Did you think in your head for a second, like, well, wait, that's not my kid, though. Like, I, I lost Rowan. I didn't lose your child. Yeah. Right? Did you ever find that? I think when I hold back on sharing my story, it's because I'm five years deep with my grief. So if I'm talking with another angel parent or even a grandparent, you know, and they really need to talk about their loss, I feel like it's their time. Like this yeah. is the beginning of their grief journey and they just need somebody to listen. Mm -hmm. So I do hesitate sometimes to share my story 
with anybody and everybody. Obviously, I do on the podcast. But, right. you know, in my everyday life, sometimes I just feel like this person needs to share their story yeah. with me right yeah. now. So I do try to hold back sometimes and just let other people share where they're at in their yeah. walk because yeah. we're all in different places all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you feel that way too, but sometimes it's like you might cross somebody's path that they just need to see you and share their story with you right? and make that connection of, hey, you're another angel mom or, you know, we have this in common and they may just need to vent. And yeah, and just, and yeah. they actually just need someone to listen yep. to understand. Mm -hmm. Right. Oftentimes we listen to reply, mm -hmm. which means you're not hearing what I'm saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually, I think, just holding that space for them and allowing them to, well, again, I call it verbally vomiting all over you, yeah. you know, downloading what they have yeah. um, in their, in yeah. their head and their heart. Yeah. Right. What about some things you had mentioned one, Bryn, in one of our podcasts that was just your sister-in-law was just a lovely thing she said to you that you always remember to this day. What are some things that you take with you even today that people said? How about we'll start with you, Tracy. Can I um, say that sometimes it wasn't even what people said. It was actions. Okay. Because sometimes uh, people try to fix things with their words, yeah. and there's just no fixing this. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, what I found um, being really powerful is presence. Mm-hmm. Just, mm. being, just being there. Mm. Just being. Yeah. And like uh, just sitting next to you, holding your hand. I remember uh, just going back to when my husband died. My best friend came over and spent the night. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm not leaving you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she had a five-month-old baby that she was yeah. breastfeeding. So yeah. it was three of us in a bed. <laughs> and so, um, and it was a beautiful thing. It was. Yeah. It's just being. Mm -hmm. my, yeah. my neighbors brought food over. My Sandy and Harry Brink, my beautiful uncles just went, and, and aunt and uncle, excuse me, went to Costco and just brought Costco to the house. Yeah. That's so because, nice. you, you know, you know mm -hmm. that week. It's that week of people mm -hmm. being there for you. And so sometimes it isn't even a word. It's just uh, a do, an action. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, oh, what can I, I'm here if you need me. Let me know what I can do and for you. And you're never going to ask for help. Well, I and mean, I, who, nobody really asks right? for help. Yeah. And I don't know what I need. Yeah, right now, need. My, my whole world has just mm -hmm. changed. It'll never be the same again. And you want to know what I need? It's like, I have no idea. So for me, it was just being. And continuing to be. Because you can start with that that first week, but still continuing to be present for that person that's grieving, mm -hmm. you know, years down the road because yes. we still need you. Yes. We're stronger now, but um, something that's been huge and powerful for me is just having the support of, you know, my close internet inner circle where like my sister-in-laws and my best friends, you know, on the huge milestone days, they will still reach out and yeah. say, hey, I took the day off work. I'm yeah. not putting pressure on you to hang out with me, but I'm here yeah. and available for whatever you want to do. That's very cool. And the key there is not putting pressure that I have to make plans with them. Right. Yes. But just like, hey, I am available. Just in case. So, and I, I never make a commitment of like, hey, I'm not going to make plans. And they kind of know that by now. But they're just like, I'm available if you need me. And then I usually, you know, do my own little routine and mm -hmm. something for myself or have quiet time or whatever it may be. But then we'll meet up and do, you know, like Manny and Petty with um, my daughter Monroe or whatever it may be, or go to the cemetery or something, go pick out flowers mm -hmm. to take out there. And just knowing that they are willing and still able to do that five years later yes. is like it's a gift. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Because not very many people do that, right. you know, so it speaks volumes. Yes. Yeah. Just That's that simple text message like, hey, I'm going to take the day off. So if you do need me, yeah. I'm here. 
that's huge. Yeah. So I was talking with an angel father who said, especially in those first two or three months where it's a real fog, mm-hmm. um, that he found that it, it was comforting for him to have people literally just tell him that they were going to do something for him. Yeah. Did you, did you either one of you find that to be powerful or helpful in any way? Yes. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to come over and mow the lawn. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to come over and um, get, uh, give me your grocery list so I can do your shopping. Yeah. Um, yes. That is incredibly, okay. incredibly helpful. I mean, I, I guess there's some people that may not accept it because, you know, some people are more controlling yeah, and prideful or whatever yeah. and prideful. But I know I was kind of thinking about this conversation for a minute and, um, I teach home care aides to ask open ended questions. Mm-hmm. So that you can get more of the story. This, I was reflecting on this yesterday. This may be a time when you ask close-ended questions. So that brain that's in a a very, very uh, sad space can just answer yes or no Mm. without having to give too much effort and thought. And if I can just add one more tip that I was thinking about when you want to maybe support someone Ask if it's a good time. Is this a good time to have a conversation about how I can support you? Oh, very Is cool. this yeah. a good time to, even when I call someone on the phone now, that's my new routine. Is this a good time? Because we all have hurry sickness. Mm-hmm. And depending on where that brain is, hangry, yeah. sad, emotional, got to pee, cold, yeah. whatever, where that brain is, you want to make sure that you're um, meeting them at the best time for them. And mm-hmm. so I've just really gotten in a habit of asking. Mm. That's um, great. To give them the power to say no, give me twenty minutes. Mm. Okay, I'm here. I'm waiting. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm going to start applying that in my yeah. life. Does mm-hmm. it take? Do you find that it takes a person with a certain stature, though, in your life, like a best friend, sister-in-law, who can actually have the authority to say, "Hey, I'm going to do this for you," or can it be even folks who? Are on the periphery of your life, maybe friends that you have that that, that you've hung out with. Does it take uh, somebody very close to you to have that level of authority, or can it be anybody who does that? I think that um, going back to the very beginning, like week to two weeks mm-hmm. after Rowan's passing, and you literally can't even compute a sentence that makes sense, um, let alone a text message or a full conversation. Right. So I remember what what was really helpful for me is my cousins were planning Rowan's service Mm -hmm. where obviously they wanted my input because they wanted it to be, you know, reflective of Rowan Mm -hmm. and obviously what me and my husband would like, but they didn't want to burden me with any of the tasks of doing that because I really wasn't mentally able to at that time, but they would just sit me down and um, ask me direct questions. You know, what specific flower, you know, Mm -hmm. do you want? What reminds you of Rowan? Um, Do you have any favorite songs that remind me? remind you of her, those type things. That really helped because if they would have just said, can you write us a list of songs that reminded you of Rowan? I would not have been able to compile a list for them. Mm -hmm. But them sitting me down and just having a one-on-one, it was just um, two of our cousins and me and my husband. And then just asking us specific questions really helped for me because it wasn't too much for me to think about. And they were making it as easy as they possibly could. what was her favorite color? Um, you know, those type things. Yeah. So that that was really helpful. So it wasn't like, give me a list. It was more like them asking me yes or no or key questions. Yeah, almost like it helps you mm-hmm. compile them one at a time instead of yeah. having to overwhelm yourself yeah. with all of it. And I think also those that close circle that you have, I think certain people don't even have to ask things. So, you know, people just dropping by food, they don't have to ask. They just 
They don't even. They just do. They just bring over the food. Here you go. Yeah. No strings attached. Yeah. Love you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it really was because you don't have the energy to entertain people by any means when mm -hmm. you're really consumed in your grief. So people that, you know, want to still be sweet and do nice gestures, but there's no strings attached. That's really helpful. Absolutely. Or even just come mow the lawn. You don't even need to ask. Mow my lawn. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drop off groceries. Yeah. That's at least how I felt. I'm like, yeah. people were taking care of our home and taking care of my son, Wyatt, and doing laundry, sweeping my floors. And I'm like, I didn't even have to ask for any of it. Yeah. And now yeah. I look back and I'm like, that is the stuff that meant so much to me because I'm sitting there thinking in my head, you know, I have all these chores I'm not keeping up on, <laughs> um, you know, all these phone calls I've missed for work. And, um, yeah, they literally took my phone, um, my close family, and they're canceling appointments. Beautiful. And they just took care of everything, which yeah. was huge because now I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful because when you're slapped upside down with trauma and grief yeah. like that and your life slipped upside down, I couldn't even make a phone call. So. Yeah. Yes, and I think it depends on the task because, mm -hmm. of course, um, there's going to be your immediate circle that's going to be able to predict and support you in ways that maybe – um, just a casual acquaintance. He's wouldn't. not going to be able to do it. Right. And yeah. when you're not sure, um, again, maybe you just reach out mm -hmm. or you just do. Because yeah. you can't necessarily reach out to the person that's in the midst of grieving. Because right. Because we don't always know what we need. Right, yeah. right. I think that's a general theme I've heard a lot. Yes. Is the idea that you don't even really know what you need at that, at that time. And then something so simple could really just mm -hmm. basically demolish your day or your mental, your mental well-being at the time. Um, how about, how about a question for people like me who don't even know what to say at all? Can you give some <laughs> examples of, so that somebody like me doesn't walk into aisle three when he sees you in aisle two? <laughs> how do you, t how, if you're a person who has no idea what to say or, or, or where you're coming from, what does that person say? What, what could really work? Um, for me, but I'm a hugger. And so for me, I want you to wrap your battery cables around me okay. and charge me up. Okay. And I consider arms to be battery cables. We all have energy. Here, I like don't that. We? And sometimes just that heart to heart hug and understanding that even just saying, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm not oh, sure. I prefer that, to be honest. Okay. I do too, because that's yeah. honest and it's real. I, I don't know what to say, but my heart is sad for you. Oh, that's good. It's really good. It's, Everybody it's, write that down. <laughs> there could be a test. Um, it's literally just trying yeah. to shut your brain off and speak from mm -hmm. here instead of speaking from your brain. Mm -hmm. And not it's not always easy, but yeah. the one thing that's constant is we lose people all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, people are not designed to be on the planet forever. Obviously, our children are not supposed to go before us parents. Right. So it's a very unique um, situation. And instead of avoiding us, just try to find, you know, that or that smile. You have a beautiful smile. Yeah. It's just Thanks. a smile and um, or a touch or. Mm, yeah, I feel like those little actions go so much farther. than Yes. Yeah. Just a simple, you know, yes. hand yes. on the shoulder as they yes. walk by. Just something, a connection of like, you know, I'm thinking about you, but they don't even have to say it. Yes. Like you've been on my mind. Yes. I'm thinking about you. Yes. Through mm. your your touch or your actions, yep. I think, goes farther than stopping in aisle three and 
right having a conversation right. about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> right because that's yes. more awkward you know yeah of course yeah. of course but i really do like the idea of i don't know what to say yeah because that is the honest it's, truth right yes. i mean that that mm-hmm. is what people are feeling at that moment i don't know what i could say to you that would make you feel better but but i'm, I'm here really for you sad. yeah yeah i'm here for you yeah. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I want to support you. And um, I'm work- I have a, a friend in Rainier right now who I'm kind of walking this journey with. And um, I find myself trying to give advice. Yeah. I find myself trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And her journey is different than mine. And I have to just sometimes step back and go, okay, you're here so that they can feel this. Yeah. I want them to see hope because yeah. there is yeah. hope. Right. Um, and we all have a choice with our grieving is if we want to stay there or if we're ready to start climbing out of what I call that big canyon, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. big wound. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to be that person that just tries to let people know that there is hope and that you don't have to be in this canyon for the rest of your life. Right. Because when you are fresh in it, you really think you're stuck there forever. Oh, my gosh. But there is a way out. There is. Yeah. And it does get a little easier as time goes on. It does. Mm -hmm. I agree. It does. Yeah. Yes. I think you just find the beauty in in things as you're progressing, too, in your grief, where in the beginning, it's like there is no beauty. There is no hope. You are just consumed with sadness and a broken heart. I mean, it really... Like, it takes every ounce of your being just to, you know, get out of bed. Yes. Um, And I do know that as time goes on and you look for the beauty in things and you look for what your that sole purpose was for your angel, I think you find ways to be happy again and honor them. Yes. And showcase their life. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, you don't ever want anybody to forget your child. So even though my daughter was only 17 months old when she passed, I'm like, honey, you're you're never going to be forgotten, you mm. know, and then being able to create this beautiful legacy of race for Rowan, it's like your name will live on forever. Yeah. You know, even if this isn't what I choose to do down the road for a career forever, yeah. her name will still be race for Rowan yeah. and she will be helping other families. And that's, I mean, you think of how beautiful that is. Yeah. It's powerful. It's powerful. Yes. Yeah. What so, a beautiful way to honor her. Yeah. And I, I, I see that mm. too. So it has, it's um, been healing in mm. a way, you know, where you can see the beauty in, tragedy yes and i would have her back in a minute that's obviously what we all want but i still can see the hope and the beauty out of it yes and i know you're a god-fearing woman so isn't it a beautiful gift to know that we're going to see him again yes yeah we are and that's what helps bring me Mm -hmm. uh peace on this earth as well as the signs yeah 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 so you have so you have your own signs experience oh i love the signs i get signs the more i'm present you know and the more i'm right here right Mm -hmm. now she really shows me in a lot of ways she's still around me and i thank you for mentioning this book because i really need to figure out how to connect with her because i really feel that she is trying to reach out to me but i have maybe my own protective emotional wall up Mm -hmm. And so I need to do a little work there. Yeah, but I think we're going to see do, her all the time. I think we're going to do an entire episode on sissy signs. We should. And Tracy, we'll have to have you back. Oh, because then you can, get, you can start get some compiling examples. your yeah, list. Yeah, start, oh, start putting man. your list together because I think that we'll it's have Bryn on. Maybe we'll bring back Jim, and we'll even talk to Tracy yeah. about some of the things that you guys see every day that maybe at first you were you were ignoring, and then now you use it as 
illumination, basically. Mm-hmm. I even ask advice sometimes, and sh- I'll feel like she'll send me a sign, and I'm like, yeah. well, that is reassurance that I'm on the right direction. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. Because I'm I'm not a very well-put-together lady as far as clothes go. You know, I'm kind of a dork. And so I'll go up to work and go, or I'll go upstairs and go, I don't even know what I'm going to wear today. And all of a sudden, bing, bing, bing. I'm like, yeah. oh, Aww. this girl must have dressed me because it's like, I wouldn't have even put that yeah. together. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that it. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, that is amazing. On that very hopeful note, Tracy, we really want to thank you for coming by. This will not be the last time we have you on the pod, if you're okay with that. I I really feel honored. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, so the last thing we're going to do is talk about a few upcoming events. So on March 13th, we actually have a beneficiary event from the folks at the Nisqually Party for a Purpose. Shout out to Gary. He put that all together. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. (laughs) Uh, It's called the After Hours at the Shiplap Shop. I can't believe I got that right. And Coffee House, a distillery tasting experience. Really neat. It is actually at the Shiplap Shop and Coffee House, but they're not just serving coffee. They're serving uh, they're serving a different range of sandstone distillery yes. products, mm-hmm. if you will. And the proceeds will go to Race for Rowan. They're limiting it to 40 people. So if you want to try and go, you should try and get on that now. And then finally, our big, huge one, which is the dinner and auction on April 25th. Uh, of course, the theme this year is the Country Western theme, Nashville Nights the Grand Old Opry. We hope to see as many folks there as possible, not just supporters of Race for Rome, but also the Angel families. Come on out and celebrate your angel and celebrate uh, what we do there. So, uh, Well, and we have to see what you're wearing. Uh, yeah. Because this has been the conversation yeah, now, and so I'm yeah. just dying to know what Philip's yeah. going to be wearing. Well, we pretty, talk about it every day. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very shiny, and, and it's going to not be something I would wear before or after the event. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll you be never know. You never Stay know. Stay open-minded now. That's true. I try to keep all of the wigs from my various past uh, past videos. P- videos. I didn't know a wig was involved. I do. I have a lot of a lot of like my previous, my former life. A lot of my videos since I have no hair. Oh yeah. I would have to get a wig if I was going to be the anchor man or if I was going to be that a weird awesome. '80s rocker guy. So I have all that just in case you want that as well. I might need to use that sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, now that that awkwardness is out of the way, I want to thank Tracy. I want to thank you so much for coming on, talking about Heather, sharing sharing her story and the story of her life and her passing, and and how you've been able to how you've been able to weather it and be strong and a warrior. I really love that. Mm, and uh, Bryn, inspiring. I also want to thank you for thank for sharing more. And so hopefully we'll have more podcasts just like this, but we want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, if you have a chance, subscribe and review, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.